Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Ren and on this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. We've mixed it up today, we've changed it round. I feel like we do this every so often and I think... It's fun. It adds a bit new originality, a bit more fun <laughs> to the <laughs> Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. To know if I know where every platform is on, on the internet. <laughs> Exactly. Really, I'm just handing over the mantle to you because I don't want to do it today. Because we, we've had a couple of weeks off. Life has... Life got in the way once again. Like, Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball is symbolic to, to how this year has been. Like, it came in like a wrecking ball. I, I couldn't think of it. I never felt so... No, I can't remember the lyrics to Wrecking Ball. Let's not do what I was going to do there. Um, yeah, I it was my birthday the other week. I decided to get tonsillitis. <laughs> Literally the day after. So that was that week off. And I think the week before was just... A, I think week before was just a week, wasn't it? It was just an all-round general week. Yeah, I'm, so, a, I'm quite a poorly person. If you follow... Uh, me anywhere online I'm I'm quite a poorly human my body doesn't like to work very well um, and just a lot of scans a lot of tests upcoming surgeries just a whole lot of fun mm, yeah it's it's been a time it's been a time I've been on the phone non-stop to medical people this week so but there we go we, we're back hello welcome i don't want to say welcome i mean you're welcome back whoever's listening anyway so we we talk about season three a lot a lot here um not in the nicest way i was talking about this from some of my youth theater literally two days ago and i said we're gonna do a love letter to season three spoilers and i was like because we don't talk about it in the nicest way they went no you don't um <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about some genuine things that we actually like about season three because there are there's some, there's a few. There are there are some good bits about season three. But before we get into that, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Google Podcast at Hawkins Do You Copy. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hawkins Podcast, and Tumblr at Hawkins youcopy.tumblr.com and also YouTube at Hawkins Do You Copy. Almost forgot YouTube there. Did it in a slightly different order, but I did it. It's fine. Congratulations. I'll give a single clap, but away from the microphone because <laughs> it will make a noise. Thank you. There we go. So, season three is a season that I think we can both safely say we love to hate. <laughs> yeah. But hate in a nice way. Kind yeah. of like how we moan about Mike Wheeler a lot. Um, but we love him. In that, so, we love him. Um, season three, not so much. But we there are good things and there are things in season three that I think we can both say, actually, you know what? I appreciate that. And I did like how they did that. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have a chat about it. We'll just have a general, general little conversation. Make it all casual-like. And yeah. just... Get into some things that we like about it. Yeah. Um, we'll start off. We'll start off with. I think we both kind of agreed while we were trying to plan this, and sitting in silence for a while. Um, but <laughs> we like the music and the production yeah. overall. I think we can safely say that season three, 
out of all the three seasons felt the most like a movie. It did, yeah. It was like definitely 1980s horror film vibes. Mm-mm. Uh like with the mm. fairground and the kind of small town vibe. I think obviously you saw more of Hawkins in the sense of like mm. the town and seeing the way that the the mall had done it. And it did it just felt like a bigger kind of production plot and eighties eighties film in its own right, but then also eighties horror film in its own right as well. Like it it really did feel like that and I liked that a lot. Because mm. also like Pharrell, I think even from this, you saw this even from the trailer, actually. Um, so I remember thinking this when that came out, and you could tell there was influence from so many other things, and yeah. those kind of like the horror influences all from the beginning. Um, so, for example, I think the Jurassic Park moment that really sticks out in my mind is like a part of season three. So much, so good. Mm. Which I know obviously is in eighties and it's nineteen ninety three. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? That that moment we kind of, and you instantly got it and that Raptors in the kitchen vibe. And I think actually that whole kind of last sequence really in the Star Court Mall yeah. kind of really got you thinking, not, I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember sitting there thinking, I don't know who's going to make it out alive no. from this. Yeah. Mm. No, I was the same. And to be fair, I'm still quite surprised that we're going into the penultimate, we assume, season uh, and all of the party are still alive. I, I, that was not on my bingo card for end of season three. No. I thought end of season three was going to be a party death. If there's not a party death at the end of season four, like mm. I would be, like I would gladly put money on there being a party death at the end of season four. Because mm. I think I remember. Did we talk about it, or was I just moaning back to the youth theatre again? Um, that I was very much. Like, going into season three, I was convinced that Mike was going to die. Yeah, you were. Convinced. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was that moment where (laughs) he was lying on the floor. Um, I think, has he just been hit or punched or something by Mind Flayer Billy? Yeah. And I remember sitting there, like, on my iPad, because I wasn't watching it on the screen at the time, being like, oh my gosh, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Just this real... Just such a real moment, and just the relief as he woke up. <laughs> See, I do like Mike Wheeler. See, I you cared that you cared confirms it really. But but that was a good thing. Like it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was totally predictable. Like no. the only bit, the only bit that I would have said just was really predictable. The only bit where I that then when I thought was okay was when Joyce and Joyce had the moment with Will and Hopper had the moment with Elle. And it was like one of yeah. them's not coming back. That that was a, yeah. an obvious prediction. But other than that, the season I didn't feel like when it came to deaths and when it came to fights and stuff didn't feel particularly mm. predictable. I don't know about Hopper's death actually, but I don't know if it was because we had seen some pictures. Oh of yeah, the like set. Hopper. That was predictable. Yeah. yeah, but and then as I said, I don't know if it was because we'd seen that army picture thing yeah. from the end and be and like the there. only person not here is Hopper. Hopper. <laughs> yeah. but then but then i i don't know i still think maybe it did make sense that he was gonna die, die. i say that with like inverted quotations and all yeah. that kind of stuff but i don't know i don't know but, but with, i think but yeah with that yeah. battle you you didn't think who who was going to get out of that you were sort of on your seat with it and that 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 was good exactly yeah and then i mean while we're on the subject of i guess influences i think one one scene that really sticks out in my mind as well is when 
Dustin, is he in the movie theater? He is, isn't he? And mm. Back to the Future's playing. And you've got that conversation with Dustin and Mike over the walkie talkies. And then the Back to the Future music is playing. And you just think, it's taken, I mean, it's pretty much a scene right from the movie. It's like the Dustin, Mike, that yeah. kind of thing. And it just, it was just such a cool little thing. I loved all the throwbacks to those movies. And you could tell how much it was, I guess, kind of like how this episode is a love letter to Susan Free. A love letters to just that generation of movies. And yeah. I think. I really do think they did a good job of that, actually. I think they did. Yeah, it felt very much like you could it like the influences were kind of scattered throughout. Like season mm. two is our favorite, but you had Ghostbusters in season two, and then mm. other stuff was not always like. Do you know what I mean? You could think about some mm. influences, whereas season three felt like you could it was built upon this sort of appreciation for all of that genre mm. and, and all of those movies which i think is really nice mm. i mean to pardon the pun i guess of what season three was built on it really did kind of feel like there was a lot of love put into it yeah with those influences and you can tell that it's kind of like what the duffers what i'm presuming what the duffers used to watch and kind of wasn't had that around them the whole time you can kind of tell like yeah this is what they wanted them to make yeah or what they wanted to make rather yeah and i think we give it a lot of stick but if there is five seasons so there's two more seasons Mm. season three had to be that middle it had to be that that not filler i don't want to say it was a filler one but like it had to kind of not forget what happened before but use a little bit of what happened before while also setting up loads of unanswered things for four and five so Mm. i get why season three is not everyone's fave and why it had so many unanswered things and things that were out of character because i assume that they will be followed up you know like it's Mm. i think we can hope (laughs) we don't think about it in that way of it being that middle no fill i don't want to say filler because that sounds like i'm dismissing it but it's not a filler but it's kind of that building it's kind of that bridge so not much happened on the bridge well a lot happened on the bridge but the rest of the stuff is going to happen next kind of like this is a really bad analogy and actually i don't think it makes sense but i'm going to say it anyway um because maybe you'll get what i mean so like ross and rachel and friends right they were together and then you had that awkward moment where Ross and Joey... No, not Ross and Joey. That would be a completely different series. Um, we had Rachel and Joey, Joey. Had, that little, had that little moment. Um, but Ross clearly didn't like it to then have Ross and Rachel back together again. Yeah. I'm not saying that season three is the Rachel and Joey <laughs> um, season. But that kind of vibe, you had to have that to kind of get towards later to on. To get to the rest The issue is it. now that... Yeah, the issue is now, in my mind, season four is kind of like the best season ever. Oh my god, so... I've picked up season four so much that like I just know I'm going to be so disappointed. Well, no, I don't know I'm going to be disappointed. It might be the best thing I've ever seen, but season hmm. four is already on a pedestal in my mind and it's slightly terrifying. Yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, probably in 2022 um (laughs) one of the things that i really loved about season three that i remember really loving about season three when i was watching it um 
I binged season three in the whole day. You did the same thing. We were both working yeah. at different times when season four, when season three came out. So we were kind of watching in and between different things. I binged, I think, like six episodes, and then I had to go to work like four, uh, three till eight, and then I got mm-hmm. home and finished it. And it was like all, the whole time I was at work, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, but even then, like, watching it and having that binge, I really, really genuinely loved the argument between Nancy and Jonathan, which sounds mm. really weird to say. I loved an argument um, because, obviously, it wasn't a very nice argument. And But, you know, they, they do make up, and I do quite like them as, as a couple. But the thing mm. I loved about that argument is that they were both right. Uh, and mm. what they were saying was right because, and I don't think many people often talk about how they were both right, but Jonathan was right in the sense that Nancy is from a wealthy background and doesn't have to worry about money. She can quit her part time mm. job because she doesn't have to worry about finances and supporting her parents and she can just wait to get another job because she knows that she'll probably get an allowance from her mum and dad and that's okay and that's absolutely fine Mm -hmm. whereas Jonathan kind of had to step up as a second parent and his income him having an income is so important to Joyce being able to actually keep the house because he Mm -hmm. contributes to that and he knows that he's not going to college unless he has money that he can save and he's thinking about Will and how his income also impacts Will's life and Will's sort of well-being and how he helps Joyce so much but then also Nancy is completely right when she's saying you don't understand what it's like to be treated as a woman like you walked into that job at the same position like essentially same position but same level as me and they treat you fine but they're awful to me they're sexist they're horrible and mm. you want, you don't know what that's like. You don't know what it's like to go in there and not be taken seriously just because you are a woman. And mm. they are both, they both make really good points in that argument. And it, it, it was such an important bit for them, I think. Because I, mm. I think, I don't know, I think it was a really good, a really interesting discussion. And I, I don't see that discussion a lot. And I remember even then thinking they did a good job with that because that's right. Yeah, I think a lot of people will jump to Nancy's side mm. to that, which I, d- I do get. I do get that. But then, yeah, like, as you said, I don't think people appreciate kind of Jonathan Byers yeah. <laughs> enough. And, like, actually what what his character is and all, all the things he has done. And it also makes me think as well, this is kind of related, but also not related. Like, what actually would that life have been if Will hadn't have gone missing? Hmm. and like where would he be would he even be thinking okay this is a thing i want to go down or would it be simply like i'm kind of now living just to keep everything going and which i mean not that he's happy with it but like obviously we've seen like in season two season two is like oh yeah will's my best friend etc 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 um but he's kind of like he's been given now this actual opportunity to kind of like thrive yeah and nor that she's taking away from that but she doesn't get you know that's important and and he'd obviously quit his other job to have that job so now he doesn't have a job and he's probably thinking how am I gonna help my mum with that like if you think about all the medical bills she's probably got to pay and yeah 
even in season one where she's like where's will and he's like i don't know i got home late i was working even then he's 16 years old mm. and he's working a late night shift because he knows that he has to have a job mm. to help her mm. and yeah joyce doesn't want that for him i know she wouldn't no. you know but that's that mm. sort of situation and nancy nancy's point is so right in that like he does not mm. understand what that is like he he would never ever understand what it is like to be treated the way nancy was treated because they treated her awfully that was awful and it was just because she was a woman when actually she had some really good points and needed to be appreciated the same way jonathan was but i feel like we really understand that side of things which is really really important but don't also understand that nancy comes from a very 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 privileged background in the sense that especially as well like just going back to that in like women in the 80s the way they would have been treated would have been worse than now but she also doesn't she can quit a job and not worry oh that's a you know she can think i'll just get another one and my parents will support me until then jonathan doesn't have Mm. the luxury to think i can quit my job and my mum will support me until then because yes joyce would and she would try so hard but jonathan has been being that second parent for a long time to know that joyce would struggle especially with malvold's almost closing Mm. which i think is going to be interesting coming around to season four um as well then because obviously which i think we will talk about in a little bit later anyway and um, we've now got another addition to the family and of course at the time i was about to call him charlie <laughs> um jonathan wouldn't have known that no. um like obviously not because Elle wasn't even a possibility in their lives um but say that they did stay in hawkins and then obviously everything that had happened still had happened um, that would be then obviously another person to support in the life. And I think we've said this before that we don't think that Joyce would expect Will to get a job. No. Really. And she certainly not expect Elle to get one. So once again, that's even more on Jonathan. And, you know, it's, it is an interesting thing to think about, I think, actually. that I don't think I've put enough thought into that. No. It, myself, so, yeah. It just, like, I think it... I think it's really important and I see lots of things online about like how it's really important to put like your mental health in like a job situation first and if you Mm. you don't have to stay in a job if it doesn't make you very happy and yes that's true but also that reality is not the reality for so many people people Mm. can't just quit their jobs and be okay with it. It is a it is a privilege to be able to leave a job with no security mm. behind that because you know you'll be supported by someone else. Mm. Um, and I've been in a position where I've had to leave a job and I knew I was supported, but I've also been in a position where I've been in a job I hate, but I've had to keep, keep at it until I could find another one. Mm. And mm. I think no one thinks, you know, it's 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 so hard. It's such a hard discussion because as awful as it is, you need money to live. <laughs> that's that's how it goes. So and I and I think no one ever really thinks about Jonathan 
and the financial, his financial thing. As, as much as Nancy was so right, and we said another part that we loved about season three was the conversation she had with Karen. And mm. women, the way women were treated in the 80s, and even still now, the way women are treated is horrific, and there is sexism, there is so much misogyny, like, it needs to be tackled. And Nancy absolutely did the right thing by walking out of that job and saying well no mm. she was fired but like walking out <laughs> she didn't walk out but like they were fired but her attitude of we'll just get another job like it's fine we can do that like they don't deserve us I'll do something else is an amazing attitude to have that's so good and she was so right in calling Jonathan out and saying you don't understand what it is like because you were treated with nothing but respect from them from the get-go mm. she is in a very privileged position because she knows that she can go home and Ted and Karen will support her and for however long it takes her to get another job. That mm. doesn't that doesn't work for Jonathan. He doesn't get that same luxury. No. And it is a luxury. No. Mm. So that's that's yeah. that's my rant about, <laughs> about, about that part of season three. But I liked it. I liked the debate that it had. Because it was it was an interesting mm. discussion. They were both right. So no, I agree. Yeah, Let, let's go. Actually, yeah, let's go back to that Karen and Nancy point then. Actually, because I think that conversation for a lot of people really stuck out as the important thing. Not only Loved for that. Nancy's character, as for the reasons we've kind of just gone into, um, but also for Karen as a character as well. Because I think if you think about her, even in season one and season two, it's kind of been the "I'm just here to support" because that's my role. I'm just going to support you. Uh, and then season two, we kind of lose that a little bit. Almost like they don't quite know. I mean, understandably, their life's been shaken up a little bit, especially if we're meant to believe at the end of, directly at the end of season one, the government agents come to the house and went, your son's been harbouring a Russian spy. Um, So, you know, they've kind of had all that kind of thing going on. Mike's acting out, which I'm because Rumi hasn't really done before. Nancy is not okay because Barb Barb is dead um so you know she's kind of she kind of lost herself a bit even ted kind of became more blank in that season and she's questioning things wanting to do things that she definitely shouldn't be doing and we were just saying that we're so thankful that she kind of went no in season three and then kind of had that moment of reflection of being like you know what actually Family is what matters. But yeah. what I'm interested to see what will come for this though, if and judging by her conversation with Nancy, if things are going to be okay, family wise. Yeah. Um I liked obviously I did not like the Billy choices in a choice in season three we do we don't support that but yes she had that moment of actually you know what this is my family and it sort of seemed that from when she had that moment it was like i'm gonna put all of them you know she had that conversation with nancy and then there's the ferris wheel bit and the bit in the fair and wanting to watch it with her husband and holly and and sort of the Mm. bit with mike and i think actually she she does sort of have that turnaround and I, I did appreciate that turnaround because I didn't love the Karen and Billy subplot that was uh, 
was was that I was sure was going to happen. So I, I appreciate, I love that one of our favourite moments, well, one thing that we love about season three is that they didn't make a woman have an affair <laughs> with an 18-year-old boy. But um, Yeah, thanks. Thanks for not doing that, Duffer Roberts. <laughs> set the bar, didn't they? That, if that's the bar of, well, we loved yeah. that. It's yeah, I mean, we did. There we go. <laughs> but no, I am interested to know, because I mean, in her conversation with Nancy, even though the Ferris wheel, Ferris, the Ferris wheel, the Ferris wheel scene, um, follows after that. I do wonder if she's going to be kind of owning herself yeah. a little bit and being like, okay, this like isn't working. Yeah, and I do wonder if the wheelers are going to be shaken up a little bit well, in season four. Yeah, there was the thing recently, wasn't there, about how someone is going to check in on Mike? Yeah, so if you are not aware, um, Finn Wolfhard has been doing some fanmios recently. Uh, yeah, um, in fact, I think Gaten's doing them soon and also Noah is doing them soon. So maybe we'll get some crumbs. Content. Who knows? Crumbs. Crumbs, crumbs of, of season four information. I haven't seen the video myself, but in one of them, Apparently, he says that people will be like Mike's kind of like very headstrong. Essentially, he always kind of not puts others first, but it it was that kind of wording. But strangely, people are looking out for him a little bit this season. Um, so I'm going to be interested to know in what context. I mean, the obvious context is that L and Will have moved away, mm. and I'm guessing the things aren't going to be okay party wise. But also, is it going to be home life? Are things not going to be okay at home? Yeah. And I don't know. I am personally um, excited. This is a season three video. This isn't season four. I was, I, but... I was going to say, yeah, I've got, I've got a segue. I've got, I've got multiple segues in mind. It's fine. Okay, you've got a segue. I okay, love a segue. I personally have been championing, championing. Oh, I can't speak today. I, I don't know what's going on. Championing um, for this. Uh, for a while. Yeah. I am looking forward to Mike Wheeler storylines. I am wanting a Mike Wheeler storyline, and it sounds like I'm about to get a Mike Wheeler storyline. Would you like to put in your segue now? Because I was going to say, go speaking of Mike, should we talk about yeah. Mike in season three? Because we rouse on him a little bit. Yeah, sure. So we, we did appreciate that. Well, there were some moments that we did appreciate with Mike in season three. One of my favorite ones is like you said about putting people before himself is that there was one moment um, where he says to Max and he says to uh, the rest of the like Nancy and Jonathan and the rest of the party and stuff that was that Dustin um, that people are careless with Elle's powers and they don't really think about it. And I liked that. I liked that he said that because I think that's true. Um, yeah see yeah. that's the thing that this conflict I'm mixed on it because I can kind of see both sides that I don't really get the rhetoric that was going on that Mike was this controlling person and they were yeah. kind of trying to push that a little bit and I thought but he wasn't really was he I mean I do kind of agree that Elle was her own person and she can make her own choices but as you said him kind of being like actually you know what we need to think about this really does work because then it made it more impactful than when Elle then kind of turned around and went, you need to trust me. Yeah. And you kind of believe that moment a bit more rather than, because it was the only moment, <laughs> controversial, between them that felt quite genuine, as in like conflict 
wise because it felt like one side was pushing one side one side was pushing the other side yeah and then it was kind of like actually you're kind of on a similar ish yeah. level at this point and and he yeah. instead of him saying like everyone else says we'll just we'll use l l will do it yeah because obviously l is always like i can do it i can fight i can do it it's fine uh, with every instead of everyone else also being like yeah yeah that's cool mike was the only one that was like well actually hopper says at the end as well i mean she's safe but yeah they're the only two in that season that actually give her that option and like we mm. don't have to like you don't have to no so then when she does say i can she yeah. has chosen to do that mm. and i think that's really important coming from someone who for the first 11 12 years of her life was told what she had to do all the time she was kept yeah. to exist for other people so for mike to be like you're being careless with her powers it's what it's up to her what she does it mm. it gave her that choice and i and i really liked that i did like that but that's what's also quite interesting cuz in another way, Max kind of did the same thing, but from a completely different angle. Different view, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that she kind of looked at it purely for the view, like, it's not careless what she's doing if she wants to do it. Yeah. Which is also just as valid. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what they were getting to go at, but it was still never her, as you were saying, it was never really Elle's choice, but what actually happened then. I don't know. I, I'm intrigued to see how things are going to work going forwards because obviously yeah. we know now she's lost it which it could mean then that this whole kind of setup was actually a really weird case of dramatic irony knowing that the powers would be gone um but there, there we go one other thing we also said about mike was even though it's just about girlfriends it annoys me a bit i did like that we saw mike and lucas yeah. again and I think it really kind of brought it back to kind of those season one vibes a little bit with them because yeah. I think we saw them kind of working in conflict but also as like best friends in yeah. uh, season one. So it was kind of nice to see them back and just how their relationship is again now that they're a little bit older, I think. I loved Lucas in season three, just in general, like the fireworks bit and like he's always mm. just so great. At being like, you know what, we have to try and figure out ways to defeat this without superpowers. Let's be logical. And mm. the fireworks bit is absolutely phenomenal. And I loved him and Max. I loved him and Max at the end, taking the mick out of Dustin by singing Never Ending Story. Phenomenal, mm. phenomenal piece of, I was going to say cinema. It's a show, same thing. Phenomenal piece, phenomenal piece of, of television there. Um, Really, I just really liked that. I really liked his sort of the way his like, logical thinking, and you know, it came in mm. handy because Elle couldn't defeat it because her powers weren't there. So the fireworks exactly. came in handy. <laughs> yeah, gave them just that little bit of time to get yeah. everything else sorted. So yeah, I but, really want to yeah. see more of Luke. I'm I'm gonna go on season four around again, but it's also kind of related. I really want to see more of him in season four, Me and I, I know we've said this before, but I feel like he's really kind of been not not really gone into enough yeah. in the season they've kind of stuck to him like a surface level that he's kind of he's kind of here and i mean dustin at the moment is he's essentially the lead character now i feel yeah. like we know more about dustin than anyone um and obviously l we know more about her than 
everyone. Um, but Lucas has always kind of been kind of a little bit neglected. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's a that's a hope. More but Lucas, this please. is the season three love letter. Yes. Going back to Max and Elle, I did like that she kind of brought her out and was like, "There's more to life than stupid boys," and that attitude because. Elle has never had a female influence. I think Joyce probably would have taken her in regardless if she hadn't died at the end of season one and then Hopper had found her. Mm. Um, so, but Hopper did find her and as much as I love their relationship, she's never had a female influence. So I really liked that Max did kind of let her have that. You can choose what you want and what you like and what feels good for you and kind mm. of educated her a little bit more compared to what they'd all been doing and and I think that was really good and when we were planning this you were saying um and you you mentioned earlier that we'd get back to it is you were really glad that the buyers moved and obviously that means that she has Joyce as as an influence now as well and I really 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 like that as an idea and I also agree with you that I'm glad they moved Mm. that as much as it hurts me because also i'm convinced that part of that is why we do not have the season yet covid aside um that i think it kind of felt like a natural summary for their characters as well because i think and i don't think the duffer brothers also said this um as much like at the last one of their last interviews oh, i say one of the last interviews i think it was like just before season three um there's only so much they can do in the buyer's house and now that yeah, and like only so much, yeah, exactly. So much in Hawkins, so much to do with the buyers. Well, at least how much it could be destroyed, their home. Yeah. So I think it would kind of feel natural that they had to go. Yeah. And like we kind of spoke about it before when we did one of those Stranger Themes episodes, when we spoke about grief and how, and we will be doing more of those episodes. Um, I think one of the next one's going to be 80s influences and friends family and all that kind of thing so that will be coming soon but we like to put more planning into those because they take a while um that how both leaving we did it on the um, stages of grief where the leaving is both kind of a positive and also a negative for her because arguably it's kind of that they're running away from the problems again but also it's it's that it's that acceptance especially for i guess for I was going to say for Will. Like, it kind of is for Will. Like, if yeah. we think of his arc in season three. And putting the, um, it's the kind of D&D like, game away and yeah. donating it, that's done now. Exactly. It kind of fits into that kind of thing. So it feels natural that yeah. they're going to move. So I think, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's happened. I think as well, not just for Elle and Joyce, but I think it's also going to give light to new interactions we haven't really seen that i've been pushing for will l power siblings whatever power siblings um will l for ages and i would like and even l jonathan i'm gonna be really intrigued by that dynamic jonathan is actually very protective of l if you watch their interactions in the other seasons he really looks out for l mm. it's kind of a thing that i, like I low-key love a little bit like i kind of love big brother like because i love the way he is with will and he mm. is like that without like from from the get-go if you watch their interactions he is like that yeah i'm just i hope they do it i have a fear that it's not gonna happen till late and i fear they're gonna hate each other mm-hmm. um which i'm not mad about but we, we've spoken about this before but so we won't get into it again but i'm looking forward to seeing them actually interact because they have no excuse now um they live in the same none world. at all 
be friends. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Watch them say like one word to each other. Hi. Once again. Just it's gonna be like weird. breakfast table. Like the the breakfast is like L. Can you pass the milk? She's like yeah. sure. Or she just like <laughs> That's pushes it. it. Like just just like slides it and it like spills. It's gonna it's just gonna be like that, isn't it? That's all it's going to be. Yeah. On the subject of my fave Will Byers. Yes. Can't believe I'm going to say this. I actually did, I, contrary to popular belief, I did enjoy the Castle Byers moment. Me too. I enjoyed the fact that he did actually stand up for himself as well. And, and I think something that people miss a lot in the argument with Mike is that he's also like, where's Dustin? You don't know and you don't care. And he doesn't either. And it's like, he is very aware that things are falling apart and everybody else wants to pretend that they're not, but they are. And he actually, I think he knocks a bit of sense into Mike in that moment. And I think from that moment, Mike is kind of like, oh, what have I done? Because I think everyone focuses so much on the it's not my fault you don't like girls moment. Uh, which, you know, which... much to unpack, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, as you said, that he does bring up Dustin. And also the argument is enough that Lucas, the next day, well, I presume it's the next day, to turn around to him and say, look, we're both really sorry. So... You know, that there's enough like that. I think a lot of people as well think of that kind of like as a, he needs to grow up, he needs to kind of get over himself. I've seen that conversation a lot online and I don't really necessarily agree with that. that it, and it just really, it really bothers me. Because I think, like, as you said, there are so many things he picks up on that he, really he's kind of like, well, the only ones that actually kind of feels that everyone is not pretending. Yeah. But, but like, if you think about Mike's kind of thing of we're not kids anymore. I mean, what did you think we were gonna do? And so you're fourteen. Or not... You are a child. <laughs> but like, whether or not Will actually did mean it was like, yeah, I did think that was gonna happen. And I think in the script, it does say about when he tears down Castle Byers, the childhood is destroyed. Where and I mean, arguably, it is. It, it is. is a reality check for him. But I think. People are forgetting as well that Mike's definitely hiding under a mask. Yeah. For the whole thing. He's gone full. I have a girlfriend now, which means I'm cool and grown up. Lucas is also kind of in the same realm. Thought things like, yeah, we just break up all the time, but it's fine because she'll come back. Yeah. And then Max is also kind of like, we're on better terms with my brother now, but we don't need boys. And then Elle is kind of just figuring out who she is. And... I, yeah, I feel like a lot of it isn't mentioned because it's just so much like Will just needs to grow up because he's a kid. Just not see it, and, and he says things like, look, you've graduated now, you need to realise that things like popularity don't matter. Like, sort yourself out. Yeah. Arguably, Dustin is the only one that has the right to call himself not a kid anymore. Literally. <laughs> out of that group. It's just ridiculous. Like, that whole thing, I think Will has been through so much and people say about, yes, he, you know, he lost his childhood I don't know why I did it in quotation marks. He did lose his childhood because he was taken and went, and all this stuff happened with the upside down and everything. But he's then aware of the realities of the world and realities of certain things that, like you said, Mike is kind of pretending didn't necessarily happen. It's kind of under a mask and everyone's trying to figure things out. Whereas Will's like, I've lived through 
these awful things, what, the way you're acting is not, it, it, it doesn't, you're not going to try and make me think that it's like a cool thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, you, your behavior is stupid, essentially. The way you're yeah. acting is just stupid. And I think Will actually is one of the ones that realizes that this whole thing about we have girlfriends, like, we're really cool. It's like, so shut up, Mike. Because mm. actually, if you look at his reactions for things throughout the entire season, the whether you look at it through the gaze of he's immature mm. or or what we've kind of just said, the whole time it's like, oh, they've been like it all summer. And there's a lot of who cares? I like her the whole thing. And I think ultimately, you know what? I can relate to you, Will Byers. Literally. Absolutely. Ultimately, who cares? Who does care? But, like, and at the end of yeah. the day, they've been through so much. Who just let him play D D. Cares? Who cares? Just let him play. Yeah, exactly. Just let him play D D. And I liked that. And I think that everything he said actually really put something into mike's system there i think that really made mike think oh my god and i think that that's why with the donation box scene which just is the most awkward scene ever but that's why i think with that scene and when he's sad about him leaving i think it is that he's more sad about will leaving because i think he's realized mm. i've messed this up and less than a year ago he was being so honest about how their friendship was the best thing and now he's thinking i've ruined that and I don't know what to do. And I think it really sort of put a shock into his system. And I liked, I feel like that needed to happen. I I mean, I do think obviously some of it is going to be L-related, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I do hope they kind of go into that side of things as well. And it isn't just, and that reaction wasn't just because of L. Yeah. And I think, I hope it's kind of like a full-on, as you said, kind of like a reality check. Yeah. The he's been thinking this whole time he has been growing up when actually not so much. And also what I think is quite interesting as well is the Will kind of kept what was going on a big secret for a long time, which is very contrasting to what happened in season two yeah. when he was kind of telling everyone. I don't think Joyce even knows that he had the, touchy I don't want to, I'm going to call it the, the touchy neck spidey sense, sense, the Will sense. Spidey sense. Yeah. <laughs> had the sp spidey sense situation. I don't think Peter Joyce Tingle. even knows that no um and i don't know it's it, it's interesting that he felt like he couldn't tell yeah. that it is interesting i feel like this wouldn't be a love to season three if we did not finish it with of course everyone's everyone's fave gang honorary mention the scoops troop because they owned, the they owned that season. That season, if it didn't have the Scoop Troop, would have been... No. No. This is a love letter to season three. It is a love letter to season That's what I'm saying. So the Scoop <laughs> Troop makes the season. It's phenomenal. Um, Robin Buckley is a blessing to this earth. Love her. Mm. Love her so much. Phenomenal character. Phenomenal coming out scene between her and Steve and the mm. way that that is done. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The chemistry between her and Steve and then Dustin and Steve and 
later on Dustin and Robin and, and all of that. And then Erica. Oh, did we expect it? No. Do we want it forever? Yes. Phenomenal <laughs> dynamic. Brilliant. Hmm. Brilliant. Hmm. It just it just really worked. They were my favourite part yeah. of season three. And I think it's of no consequence. No coincidence, sorry. I think it's of no coincidence that when we went to Secret Cinema, um, they were the ones we kind of kept going back to, apart from yeah. when we accidentally ran into Mike, Lucas and Will around the place because they recognised <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, they, they just... I kind of watched it for them, I think, in the end. And to see if will buyer's arc was ever finished because it didn't episode three but love letter season three let's continue um and i was genuinely intrigued with what was going on with them and how it was going to go i wasn't sure if steve was going to make it out no alive, i wasn't sure if steve was to be gonna honest either i thought steve was gonna go so that was a stress yeah you say in secret cinema just... actually has made me realize that's why secret cinema for season three works so well is when we go back to it saying it felt like a film because it was so cinematic, just, that's why yeah. Secret Cinema worked so well. That is a good point, actually, yeah. Yeah. That we've done a whole episode on Secret Cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you scroll, depending on what device you're on, scroll down a little bit. It's it's, it's midway. Yeah, it's midway yeah. yeah. Have a little look. Um, um, that, yeah, as you said, like, Robin's coming out scene. Um, brilliant. Brilliant. It's just the way it was done. It was subtle-ish. But I don't think it needed to be any more than that. No. In, and no. Steve's reaction to it, just being like, well, she's not that great. She's sounds like Kermit. <laughs> and it just it just really worked. And I think that's a testament as well to like the I don't know what their dynamics like behind the scenes, but between like Maya and Joe, they just kind of just really work together. Yeah. And it's just oh, they were just so good. good. They were and, good. So hmm. good. So they, you know, we do love season three. That, there you go. That is a whole episode of talking about how we we do love season three and that there were some really good moments in season three, which I think are going to be good setups for season four and five. We're assuming it stops at five. I think it's going to stop at five. So I think they've kind of said, no, I don't know. Has not it officially said or we just, yeah, but we know there's a four anyway. So hopefully some of that's mentioned in full. Um, but yeah, we there there were some good moments in season three, and I think those some of them are little moments and they're subtle moments, and they get lost within the big picture when actually they're they are quite good sort of snippets. So we yeah. do love, we do love it, we do. <laughs> love is a strong word. Let's go for like. Yeah. We have mild affection for season three. <laughs> tolerate anyway three. <laughs> we, we can tolerate we will tolerate season three but yeah let us know let us know your favorite moments in season three um you can let us know on tumblr our social medias which we'll get to in a second you get to do it a second time oh, aren't you fun. excited love that um yeah so just let us know what you think of it we we love to hear your thoughts in general yeah. um hopefully hopefully you'll agree with us um or if you don't that's also cool just you know let us know we're up for conversation exactly but where can you find us you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher 
uh, at Hawkins Do You Copy. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Hawkins Podcast, on YouTube at Hawkins Do You Copy and on Tumblr at hawkinsdoyoucopy.tumblr.com. Close enough. I got it. I got bits wrong, but that's fine. It's fine. Thank you for listening uh, to the start of the podcast. We will see you next time. And over and out.